The Cardinals get spanked by the Phillies. And to think just a year ago, it was the Cardinals who were looking down on Philly. Oh, how things have changed. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, the normal places that you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. If you haven't done that, make sure you stop on by, like, subscribe, comment, interact with us, hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. So apologies for uh, this coming out so very late on Friday. Uh, It got to a point in the day where I was doing other jobs and stuff. And uh, it was like, well, I might as well just wait till the game's over. and We could talk about that tonight. So uh, we'll see how this one goes. Um, Because tonight's game wasn't all that exciting, to be honest with you. Uh, Another night of lifeless baseball for the Cardinals as they get thumped by the Phillies this evening by the score of 7-2. Miles Michaelis got the start, and um, even though the Redbirds jumped out to that uh, early lead, thanks to a two-run shot by Paul Goldschmidt, Michaelis had another one of those uh, all-too-familiar nights that he's had many nights this year where he misses some spots, gives up some weak contact, that finds space, and that's been the recipe for having what he's got now is a 6-10 and 10 record on the year. That's where he's at. Um the second inning is where the Phillies did the majority of the damage in this game. Uh, with one out, Alex Bohm hits a double on a ball, which was up in the zone, clearly. Michaelis missed his spot there. You're not trying to uh, put the ball there against him. Brandon Marsh singles on what was actually a very good pitch on the outside part of the plate. Sometimes the hitters just win. It does happen, so you can't really blame Miles for that one. He gets caved to ground out, but uh-oh, here we go again. We got two outs. What's going to happen? And uh, after actually jumping ahead in the count, one and two, Stubbs works at full on three non-competitive pitches. Then I'm talking about the balls that uh, Stubbs ended up taking. Like, they were way out of the zone. Like, not even close. And uh, pitch number seven ends up being a curveball that hangs up in the zone a little bit. And Stubbs hits a ball. I like to call these ones the screamers at a whopping 61.3 miles per hour. But he hits it in the right place, hits it down the line at third where nobody is playing because the Cardinals had the infield shifted towards the middle. And uh, once again, it's two outs, two strikes, and damage. Gets done against the Cardinals, a double. Uh, This time around, it scores two. Game's tied 2-2. The next hitter is Kyle Schwarber. He makes up for Stubbs' weenie contact by scorching, absolutely scorching a sinker over the heart of the plate. Uh, that one went at 109.9, according to StatCast, off the bat. Uh, hit so hard that it actually sticks. On a bounce, sticks 
in the wall in right field. Jordan Walker had to peel it out of the wall and throw it in there. I think normally you're supposed to put your hands up in a situation like that, but it didn't matter. It was a double. It was an RBI and uh, three to two. Phillies have the lead. They're off and running. Uh, the Cardinals get a leadoff double to start the third inning. Okay. This is a chance. Hey, let's answer right back. Right. Remember the old saying? Yeah. You got to be able to punch back. We haven't heard that in a while out of Ali because it just hasn't been happening. Uh, but O'Neill leads off the inning with, uh, with a double. And despite Goldie, Arenado and Contreras coming up next, they can't bring them in. Can't get it done. They've been awful at situational, situational hitting for most of this year. Uh, Bernie Miklas did a write-up about this uh, just the other day at scoopswithdannymack.com, so I'm going to talk more about that a little bit later in the show, the uh, situational hitting struggles uh, that the Cardinals have had this year because Bernie went in and did, uh, did one of his deep stat dives into this, and like you're just like, wow, I did not realize it was that bad. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but Goldie grounds out to the pitcher. Like, what? Arenado then pops out to the second baseman, Contreras whiffs, Threats over, and essentially the game is over when you look back on it now. Top of the third inning, the Phillies do exactly what the Cardinals didn't. Harper hits a leadoff single, goes to second on a wild pitch. Um, Michaelis was missing his spots a few times tonight. And um, two wild pitches by Miles Michaelis, who is not a wild pitch kind of guy. You know, he's not got some kind of nasty splitter that he's throwing in the dirt all the time. Um, if that tells you anything about how his control was tonight, he had two wild pitches. Uh, then you get back-to-back flyouts. That brings uh, the run in. Good teams do that. They take advantage of those situations. The bad teams like the Cardinals, they scuffle. Uh, Michaelis was good until the sixth when Alex Bohm destroys the sinker. I mean, right down the can, dude. Right down the middle. Another missed spot. 444 foot solo shot and which ends up being the highlight of the night for me was actually the catch by this guy on the Alec Baum home run who has like a scorecard in one hand full extension no glove and catches this ball that just traveled like 108 miles an hour 444 feet and just snares it out of the air an amazing catch by a fan I don't know how they do that Dude must have big hands. Anyway, Michaelis's final line on the night, six innings, eight hits, five runs, no walks, but two wild pitches. He strikes out three, two of those in the first inning, and he's now 0-4 in August with an ERA of 5.81. He has not been good. Uh, Andrew Suarez comes in for the final two winnings. He got greeted by a uh, solo nuke by one Kyle Schwarber, who I, I was thinking about. I was like, I, it feels like Kyle Schwarber just kills the Cardinals all the time, doesn't it? It always feels that way. And when I went and looked at the stats, he's actually only hitting like 170-something against the Cardinals in his career. Um, 35th home run of the year this year. I think that's the 11th home run that he's hit off the Cardinals in his career. But he's uh, he's he's hurt other teams much worse than the Cardinals. I, I was a little surprised to see the stats so low. But uh, Harper hits a triple off of Suarez, which I guess misplayed in right field by Jordan Walker. Uh the ball was going down the line, and you know how, like, at Bush Stadium where the stands kind of kick out there, there's, like, that segment, and sometimes the ball will hit that and ricochet back towards the outfield. Walker, I guess, assumed that that's what was going to happen. It doesn't. It rolls all the way into the corner, so Harper gets all the way to third base. I'm not really going to bash on Walker for that play because you're you're kind of stuck. you got to make a guess on what's going to happen, and uh, he was wrong this time. So, um Double, triple, doesn't really matter because then Nick Castellanos comes up and it's a double anyway. So Harper scores, makes it 7-2, to two, which is how this game ended. Um, and it wouldn't have mattered if Michaelis pitched a gym anyway 
after the second inning. Say uh, they, they remained three to two the whole game because the Cardinals bats completely disappeared uh, against the Phillies pitching staff in this one. After that O'Neill leadoff double in the third inning, the Cardinals didn't have a single hit or have a player reach base after that double. Not one, none. 21 straight hitters got retired. The Cardinals struck out 11 times on the night. They were one for five with runners in scoring position before uh, locking up the bats for the night. And we're like, yep, we're done. We're out. Uh, Cherry on top for this one. The Cardinals activated Nolan Gorman today, in case you didn't hear about that. Although he didn't start tonight for whatever reason, I guess because there was a left-hander on the mound. I don't know. They had Taylor Motter in there again. But uh, he had to come in late in the game, and we're all like, wait, what? Why, why is it? Well, Nolan Arenado has left the game. Apparently, left the game with the infamous back tightness that is plaguing the Cardinals team like a case of the flu or something right now. So he's out. Don't know how many games he'll miss now, but uh, the Cardinals are terrible, man. They fall to 56 and 73, second worst record in the National League ahead of only Colorado. I don't blame Arenado for checking out early on this one. Uh, We know the Cardinals have to rebuild the pitching staff, right? We know that. And yesterday uh, I brought up uh, a Shohei Otani scenario. And I want to follow up on that because we got a lot of interesting feedback uh, on the YouTube page about that. Plus, I uh, mentioned that Nicholas article. We'll talk about how terrible the Cardinals have been with situational hitting this season. That's all coming up on Locked on Cardinals. Want a chance to win more money with less picks? Then head to Sleeper. It's the number one sports app where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Now, in Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you got to do is choose two or more players that you like. Then select what stat categories you think they're going to excel in. You know, home runs, strikeouts, hits, more, whatever you think it'll be. And if you get your picks right, you can win big. That's how this works. Now, the Cardinals will have Dakota Hudson on the mound tomorrow. He has not lost this year. He's 5-0. Most people don't realize that. Does he remain undefeated tomorrow and have a good outing against the Phillies? Uh, Nolan Gorman should be back in the starting lineup tomorrow. Do you think uh, he gets a hold of one uh, against the starter Zach Wheeler tomorrow? Follow your gut. Try to win big. Dynamic payouts are live. With those comes more stack categories to place contests on. And you can get higher payouts than other apps with less picks on Sleeper. So use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. The Cardinals will batty, batty. I don't even know if that's a word. The Cardinals will bat all uh, the Phillies this weekend. They continue that game uh, tomorrow, uh, the series tomorrow, and then on Sunday as well. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Again, thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Uh, leave the comments on YouTube and, of course, on Twitter anytime you want, good or bad. The feedback is always welcome and encouraged. And on Thursday, for fun, I brought up the idea of the Cardinals going in two different directions during the offseason. Now that the Otani's got the injury, you know, there's discussion about whether or not his market will be at the level that everybody thought it was going to be. He was headed towards maybe a $500 million contract, and now that he will not be pitching next year, more than likely, and who knows how he's going to bounce back from another elbow surgery. Um 
we threw out the numbers. Uh, Shohei Otani for three years at $150 million, knowing that he can't pitch next year. Or do you go a different route and you go and use that money on two different free agent pitchers and then trade for another one? Because we know the Cardinals uh, have said they're going to the market to add at least three new pitchers to the rotation. So let's start off with this one. Skywalker 700,000 says the card needs pitching. They said they're going for pitching. What Otani may not be able to do is pitch. If the Cardinals are trying to actually contend next year, they need pitching. Simple. Go for free agent starters. Multiple options means less chance they would all be bad investments. I feel one of the signings may end up being Monty, talking about Jordan Montgomery. Um, I agree, Skywalker, with most of the things you say there. I'm sure you're a Star Wars fan as well, which is cool. Oh, I want to show you this real quick. All right, watch on YouTube. Bear with me. I got to go over here and read for this. All right, here we go. So I got the uh, the lightsaber up. I know it's one of the cheap ones, but it was part of a, a giveaway that I was a part of earlier this year. So this one going out to Skywalker, 700,000. There's 700,000 of them out there. That's crazy. Uh, anyway, uh, again, the Otani discussion was was really just for fun because I, I you don't know what the market's going to be yet. Um if you could get <laughs> Otani, I mean, isn't that something you got to kind of kind of think about? I mean, is it ideal to sign a designated hitter for $50 million a season? No, but at the same time, it is Shohei Otani. But um, no, I, I agree with you for the most part there. It's probably not what I would do. Uh, as far as Jordan Montgomery coming back to St. Louis, I, I wouldn't hold my breath. I wouldn't hold my breath. I feel like if there's any of the guys that they traded away that might come back, uh, Jordan Hicks might be the one, but I, I seriously doubt uh, Jordan Montgomery comes back. I just think that he will get a bigger deal somewhere else. Uh, Logan Swartz says, I'd go to relatively young pitchers. I like Charlie Morton, Alex Cobb, Snell, and Gray as far as pitching goes. I want one bat, and that would be Young Hoo Lee from Japan. That's my take. Okay, well, uh, thank you, Logan. Charlie Morton's like 39. He's not young at all. Cobb is 35, and uh, the Giants also have a uh, club option for him next year at $10 million, which is, you know, it's a lot of money to me and you, <laughs> but it's peanuts to uh, get an accomplished starting pitcher in the major league. So I don't see why the Giants wouldn't exercise that option to bring Alex Cobb back uh, to San Francisco. Uh, Snell and Gray are both free agents and will most certainly – get some attention from the Cardinals. I, I, I would imagine they'll look into both of them. For some reason, I don't really have a reason for this. I think it's just a it kind of like a gut feeling. But Sonny Gray just seems like somebody they'll go after, doesn't it? Like, I know he's had some arm issues in the past, but most pitchers have at some point in their careers. But he's been pretty darn good with Minnesota, and he just kind of seems like a dude that the Cardinals would be into. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel that way. I, I just do. Uh, and for those of you who don't know who uh, the Japanese player he's talking about there, Lee is uh, 25 years old. He's an outfielder uh, from Japan, obviously. Won the MVP last year, hit uh, 349, 23 home runs, 113 RBIs. Not a big guy. He's like six feet, 170 pounds, maybe something like that. But uh, he, like the pitcher uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, who I've talked about on this podcast before, who, by the way, the Cardinals, I don't know if you guys saw this, were actually scouting him at his last start on Wednesday, where he threw seven shutout innings. So uh, good to hear that the Cardinals are actually out there doing their due diligence 
on uh, possibly talking to Yamamoto uh, about coming over to the States. But um, like him, uh, Lee is going to likely get posted where he's going to be available to be signed and then come play in the major leagues next year. He did have an ankle injury this year, which cut his season short, but uh, career 340 hitter over in Japan. I mean, obviously, he's a pretty good player, 25 years old. I mean, who wouldn't be interested in that? Uh, the Yamamoto news, though, was uh, something that I was I was really excited to hear about. Uh, John Heyman over at the uh, New York Post said that the uh, Cardinals were among at least 10 teams who were at the game on Wednesday to scout him. Uh, you got the familiar names from the big markets, the Yankees, the Mets, the Red Sox, the Cubs, Phillies, Dodgers. But you also had the Rangers there who have had, haven't been shy at all about spending money recently. Uh, you also had the Diamondbacks. And then the Tigers, the Detroit Tigers were, were at Yamamoto's game. I mean, why not? I guess, right? You can dream. Uh, again, my thing here is that uh, you'd be a fool not to scout the guy. But will the Cardinals have the cojones to actually buck up enough to pull him away from one of these major markets if they make a, a bid on him, like New York or Boston or L.A.? And I have my doubts about that. I mean, we've seen in the past, the Cardinals get outbid on these guys all the time. Uh, blogger Sniffle. So what? As uh, says, as much as, as much as I'd love to see Otani as a Cardinal, they have to shore up their starting pitching first. If there's room for them after they sign a couple pitchers, then sure. The problem I see is the lack of great starting pitching on the market. Going into the year, I'd say Snell and Nola sound great, but they've been okay this year, not aces, not much better than Michaelis. Well, blogger Sniffle, I have to uh, disagree with you big time <laughs> on the Blake Snell take there. That dude has been really good this year. Maybe you haven't seen his numbers, but uh, the dude leads the major leagues in ERA uh for for starting pitchers he's at 2.73 he's fourth in strikeouts his era plus right now is 150 like that is ace material that is top of the line top of the food chain if you will uh type of numbers right there the downside is that he walks a lot of dudes he also leads the league in walks but uh the guy's got a cy young under his belt already he's gonna be 31 this winter uh, he is way better than Miles Michaelis in pretty much every way, shape, and form except the walks, okay? Um, Nola has, I guess you could say he's had a down year for him. Uh, the Cardinals will see him on Sunday, by the way, but his ERA plus only 96, which would be the third lowest of his career, which includes three seasons where he's received Cy Young votes, including last year where he finished fourth in the voting. Uh, Miles Michaelis before tonight had an ERA plus of 94, but I think just eyeball test alone, if you watched Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, and then Miles Michaelis pitch, I'm pretty sure you're going to say that Nola and Snell are upgrades over what Michaelis offers you, especially this year where Michaelis hasn't quite been as good as we'd hoped he'd be. Um, but pitching this year has been the root of most of the evil this season in the Cardinals offense. Although it's been you know, good in certain ways, it's also been bad in a number of ways as well. And Bernie Miklas over at Scoops with Danny Mack did a stat dive into that. And I want to share with you what he pulled up next on Locked on Cardinals. Once again, the Cardinals will be on the road to face the Phillies tomorrow. You can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Uh, longtime St. Louis writer and radio host Bernie Miklas is uh, he's really, really good 
uh, doing his research and finding stats on just different aspects uh, about the Cardinals. I think I do a pretty good job at finding stuff. Bernie is next level. Like I'm Miles Michaelis in research where Bernie is like Blake Snell in research. The dude is amazing. And the Cardinals offense, for the most part this year, most of us, you would look at the the basic stats like like runs and home runs and batting average, uh, OPS, RBI, the basic stuff that we're all familiar with. You would look at that and you'd go, they're not that bad. Not a bad offense. But those stats don't tell the whole story. And if you watch these guys, these, these uh, guys day in and day out, and like I do, like our everydayers do, um, you know that despite some of those basic stats being, you know, top 10 in the National League, some of them, they're in the top 10 in all of Major League Baseball in, that they still do a lot of stuff bad, man. They, they just, they fail in a lot of ways. And we call that situational baseball, right? And it's where the team has some glaring weaknesses. Like tonight, we were talking about it earlier. Uh, where the leadoff double from Tyler O'Neill, you've got your three, arguably your three best hitters coming up, and none of them can get them in. They just can't do it. Not uh, by a a double. They did. I don't even know if he got over to third, to be honest with you. I don't think he did. But that kind of stuff just cannot happen. Um, and it happens a lot with the Cardinals if you watched them this year. So Bernie dropped a bunch of stats the other day about their situational failures. And I want to share a couple of them here with you. Uh, coming into tonight's game, the team is hitting 178 with runners in scoring position in August. Uh, they were one for five tonight and uh, five for 33 so far on the road trip. Uh, for the season, the Cardinals have stranded more runners, 944. Than any team in the major leagues, they stranded, I think it was three more tonight because they hardly had anybody on base. Uh, St. Louis is the only NL team that's left 900 or more runners on base this season. Second place, ironically, the Phillies, who had 897 coming into tonight's game. Uh, the Cardinals have grounded into 100 double plays this season, tied for fifth most in the majors. They've got only 26 sacrifice flies this season, which ranks 14th in the NL, 25th overall. The Cardinals only have 57 RBIs with the bases loaded, tied for the fifth lowest overall and second fewest in the National League. You watch these games, you see the bases loaded, and you know they're going to strike out or do something stupid like a pop-out or whatever it may be. Like, they just don't get it done. Um, they are minus five in base running runs, which ranks tied for 25th overall. They have a below average showing this season and going from first to third on a single. We're talking base running now. Scoring from first um, first base on a double and scoring from second base on a single last season. They led the majors with 120 runs scored from second base on a single this season. They've only scored 69 times from second base on a single, which ranks them last in the national league. So as much as we bash on the pitching and the bullpen and how they've screwed things up this year, which they have, but it's not the only problem. The hitting isn't as bad as the pitching, but you can't look at those stats that Bernie pulled up and say, oh, they're fine. Nothing to see here. Offense, supreme. They're good. Don't worry about them. No, there's problems here. There's problems all over the place. And the more I look at all of the different issues for this team, and as it gets later in the year, it's getting worse and worse because you've got guys who – let's be honest, shouldn't be in the starting lineup, uh, Taylor Motter, uh, guys like that who are playing more 
um, you know, due to injuries and because it's the end of the year and guys are tired and whatnot, and there's no need to push him anymore. But um, they've got issues on offense, pitching, defense. Their fundamentals are bad. Like, I'm starting to think, are, are they going to be able to fix all of this before next year? Like, are they going to just revamp everything but only bring in a few players? Like, is that is that feasible? Is that something they can do? Because they're going to need to, or else we're going to have another tough season next year. Like, these kind of things cannot continue like this. So, fingers crossed they can do it. It might take some sort of miracle, but we'll see. Uh, thank you again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals Hometown Broadcast. For the series against the Phillies with SiriusXM on the SXM app, just search Cardinals again. Dakota Hudson gets the start on Saturday against Zach Wheeler. Sunday, you got Drew Rahm making his second major league start against uh, free agent to be Aaron Nola. Maybe Cardinal, future Cardinal Aaron Nola? We'll see. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Help the channel grow. Help our love for the Cardinals, our undying love for the Cardinals help it grow and continue to stay alive during this horrible season. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time. I'm locked on Cardinals.